This morning, we just want to take a, a deep breath for a moment. Obviously, in the midst of high emotion, in the midst of lots of conversation, lots of rhetoric, sometimes it's hard to sometimes take a deep breath without inhaling a bunch of rhetoric. This morning, our goal is to take a deep breath and really inhale an overarching truth that should influence us in the midst of this situation, but really should influence us on a day-to-day level. Let's pray. Gracious Creator, we ask now that you would do a work in our hearts and our minds. We ask now that you take your word and speak to us. We ask that you take your word and form our thinking. Take your word, form our feelings. Take your word, form our actions. We offer this time of listening to you. In Jesus' name, amen. What makes you different from your neighbor? What makes you different from your coworker? What makes you different from other citizens of the United States of America? What makes you different from the person living in a hut in northern Mongolia? This morning, we could probably make a list, fill a page full of things that make us different. The list of things can be long. The list of things can be simple, such as favorite type of soda, Coke or Pepsi. But it can be much more complicated than that to things such as language, English or Spanish. The differences that we have with one another, the differences we have with those in our communities and with those around the world are vast. For those of us gathered here this morning, there might not be that many differences. We might be a lot alike. The reality is, though, when we leave this room, we're constantly interacting with people who have vast differences than us. We live in a world where we are vastly different than one another. And it's not just 200 miles away or 24 hours away in a different land. We live in a community with people who have vast differences. Even though we have vast differences with one another, today we want to be reminded that all of us, every single one of us, shares something in common that is greater than anything that differentiates us. We share something in common that trumps everything that causes us to be different from one another. That which we share in common is our origin. Every human being shares an origin that gives every human being meaning. We share a status that's given to every human being a status from Genesis chapter 1 and other places in Scripture that says you are an image bearer. Every human being, you are created in the image of God. As one author said it, he said, we owe our very being to God. To pretend that we are infinite or to say that we are masters of our own fates is to deny that we are creatures and pretend that we are God. Every single human being owes their very existence to God. And the fact that every human being owes their very existence 
to God means that every human being shares in an origin and shares something greater than anything that separates us. That thing is the image of God. Humanity is given a special status above anything else in all of creation. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to Psalm 8 that we started our service with. Psalm 8. Psalm 8. The psalmist begins the psalm in Psalm 8 by declaring the greatness of God. After declaring the greatness of God, goes in, goes on then to talk about the wonder of creation. And then after talking about the wonder of creation, just asks the question, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? There in verse 4. So it's almost as though you're standing at the edge of the Grand Canyon. And as you're standing at the edge of the Grand Canyon, you're just overwhelmed with the magnificence, the majesty of creation. How, how could something like this come to be? In the midst of that, the psalmist asks, how can the one who created and owned this have awareness of me? Because when you're in the magnificence of creation, you're caught up with such wonder, you're actually not thinking about yourself because you're thinking, wow, this is amazing. But the psalmist asks, wow, if this is all amazing, how can the Creator possibly know anything about us? But then the psalmist declares, he says, Yet you have made him, man, humanity, a little lower than heavenly beings, and crowned him with glory and honor. So again, he's saying, look at this creation, it's awesome. But humanity, you've created just one step below heavenly beings, which would refer to the angelic force that existed for the God of Israel. So the psalmist is saying, hey, human beings, there's God, there's angelic creatures, and then there's humanity. And then all of creation, the rest of creation is below that. So the psalmist is saying, wow, humans have a special role. And notice what it says next about humanity. It says, crowned him with glory and honor. This is huge. What this is saying about you as an individual is that God has given you a sense of weightiness. The word glory simply means heavy matter. We usually use the word glory to refer to God. When Moses is in the presence of God, he just says, glory, 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 glory. He's using that word because he's seeing something so magnificent, so weighty. And now God is saying, hey, hey, hey. Yes, God is glorious, but guess what? God has shared that glory with who? Humanity. Every human being has a sense of matter to them because God has crowned them. So to be created in the image of God is to be given glory. That's just inherent in creation. As a human being, you have glory from God. In other words, put it very simple. You matter to God because you're a human being. Every human being matters to God because He's given every human being glory. Now let's fast forward a little bit to go to the New Testament to see a similar vein of thinking. I want to show us the unity of Scripture here of pointing back to how we all share the same origin. So turn to Acts 17 that we read earlier in the service. Acts chapter 17. 
Acts chapter 17, verse 27. Acts 20, 17, verse 27. Let me set the table for you a little bit. In Acts 17, we've got a recording of the Apostle Paul coming and ministering to non-Christians. These are not people who, who are recognizing the God of Israel. These are not people who have been faithful to Jesus Christ. So Paul has come into a city and kind of gone into a temple that would be non-Christian. Here's what he says. Verse 27, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward Him and find Him. Yet actually He is not far from each one of us, for in Him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed His offspring. Paul is pointing to something that's, that's common for all of humanity. All of humanity shares the same origin, the God of Israel, the Creator of the universe. And every human being then shares one thing in common, that you are an image bearer, that you matter to God. You matter to God because of your very existence. Not because of anything you've done, anything you've said, any social status, any economic status, any ethnicity. You matter to God simply because you're a human being. Because God has given humanity a special status. This changes everything, when we come to the realization that our value comes from God, not comes from things we've done, that our value comes from what God has given to us, not a spot in the pecking order that we have achieved. And when we can learn to value ourselves based upon God's value, then we can begin to see the value in all other human beings. When we can only value ourselves when we reach a certain status, that affects how we then see other human beings. Because if I can't value myself just for myself, I'm not going to be able to value anyone else for just themselves. I'm going to have to wait for them to what? Get to a certain status or to achieve something. So we have to first learn to value ourselves as people created in the image of God so that we can value others. Every human being shares something. That something is that we are created in the image of God. In other words, very simple, people are precious. Why are people precious? People are precious because people are created in the image of God. We have inherent value and worth. Now, where this becomes difficult and challenging, and where we're facing some interesting times in our nation, not situations that we haven't pre faced previously, but we're facing interesting times and in that there's now a sense again or a continual sense from some that they don't feel worth or value because of ethnicity or because of social status. Now, there's a ton of politics in this. I understand this completely. We're not going to dig into that this morning. What we want to emphasize this morning is this, though is that we have to recognize and understand that there are people who do not understand their own value or worth because of the way others view or see them. Now, to be very front, forward, and honest, I have to say this. I don't understand this at all because I've never been in the situation. I have no idea what it's like to be a black American. That might not be politically correct to say. That's just honest. 
I have no idea. I have no idea what it feels like to have someone look at me and automatically change their view of how much value I have. Now, I'm not saying, don't say, now, don't get on me. Don't say, oh, pastor, you're on this other mood. No, no, no. I'm just saying, this happens. This is reality. And all I'm saying is, I haven't experienced it, so I don't totally know what it feels like. The reason that I know it happens, now, now this is tough, is because I've done it. Let me give you two specific examples. This isn't right, and this isn't good. I've gotten on a plane before, and as I got on a plane, I looked around the plane, and when I saw a certain individual, my mind automatically went to a certain place when I saw that individual because of the color of their skin. I automatically began to wonder about safety. I knew nothing about that individual at all. And I, and I began mentally to treat the person differently, just like that. I've had another experience here in Sioux Falls where I was with an individual, went in a restaurant. The individual was a different ethnicity than I. That individual was treated vastly different than I was. This individual that I was with has higher economic status than I do. This individual that I was with actually has higher education credentials than I do. Now, this individual didn't dress exactly like I did and didn't look his economic status or his education status, but was treated vastly different. That's just fact. It's just fact. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's reality. And a lot of us simply, we don't know it because we haven't experienced it. So I think it's important for us to acknowledge and say we don't totally understand all that's going on. And that's okay. Sometimes I feel like we've got leaders in our nation who say they've got an answer before anyone could possibly have an answer. It's okay to say, I don't understand. So I'm just going to go with what I know. Every human being has inherent value and worth because they're a human being. People are precious because they're created in the image of God. So what are the implications for you and I today? If every human being is precious, is created in the image of God, there are two implications for us today, and I want to get very practical for the next few moments for all of us today. The first implication is this. If people are precious in God's sight, relationships matter. If people are precious in God's sight, relationships matter. Actually, relationships go to the top of the priority list. If people are at the top of the food chain, in a sense, for lack of a better term of saying it, if people are the highest priority in all of creation, then guess what is the highest priority? Relationships. Because that's what? That's how we interact with people is through relationships. You know what we don't need anymore in our country? We don't need any more slogans. We don't need any more social media shallow activity. What we need is relationships. Social media is great on one hand. I actually, I really enjoy it. I love it. It gives you an opportunity to interact with people, kind of part of community, kind of helps build stuff. I, I like it a lot. However, at the same time, social media is very dangerous in that it can give us a false sense of relationship. 
it can also create a certain shallowness in a society. And we're challenged because we have a certain shallowness about us in our society. There's not a lot of depth. There was an image that came to me as I was reading this book. It's called Fierce Conversations. It's mainly about organizational leadership. And there's a part in this book where the, the author argues that one of our challenges in organizations is that we haven't gone deep enough with the people in our organizations. We don't really have relationships. All we kind of know is the surface stuff. Gives a very interesting imagery. He says, what's better when looking for water? Drill 100 one-foot wells or drill one 100-foot well? The author goes on to argue that what we need is we need mineral rights relationships that go deep rather than shallow. So if people are precious to God, I would contend that today God wants us to have some mineral rights relationships. What are you doing to create relationships specifically with people who are different than you that go beyond how are you? Because how are you is simply our American way of saying what? Hello, goodbye. All it is is it's a greeting. So what are you doing to specifically drill down deep and build relationships? I want to encourage you maybe to do two things this next week. Two questions that maybe you could ask next time you're with someone. One question, maybe ask them this next time you're with them and just simply say, hey, what are you celebrating this week? Kind of catches people off guard a little bit. Just that, what are you celebrating this week? Okay, another question that goes a little bit deeper, but yet it's still friendly enough to keep conversation going on, just simply saying, what's caused you stress this week? What's caused you stress this week? You see, when we ask questions like, how are you? Just, good. And then he asks another question, that's a one-word answer. We maybe need to be intentional as people of Asking questions that allow us to actively listen and learn. Maybe you could find someone this next week and ask, what are you celebrating? What's causing you stress? Now, I'm not the model of this. I don't like people, to be honest. Thing. For the, I mean, in a sense, I say that. I'm not like a people person that just wants to go and hang out at a coffee shop and talk for two hours. Okay? That's not my style. It's not really who I am. So I'm not saying we all got to be lovey-dovey and da-da-da-da. But what I am saying is this. We all have to have depth of relationship. Some of us might have 15 depth of relationships. Other of us might have one, two, three. But we have to have depth of relationship with people around us. When you have depth of relationship, you can then begin to talk about difficult things. I would contend that this is what we're missing in our nation. Among our leaders, they have no relationship. So when they get in a room and they have differences, they just walk away from each other. But if you have relationship and you start to talk about differences, guess what happens? You keep talking. So I have friends that I have differences with, but you can keep talking about those differences because what? You have relationship. What are you doing to cultivate relationship with people who are different than you? This is not a political statement at all. This is not Rich saying, oh, we need to get politically involved and help move. No, no, this is a theological statement, a mandate from God, not Pastor Rich. If you believe that people matter, what's taught in God's Word, then guess what? Relationships matter. There's no if, and, or but about it. 
So what are you doing to develop relationships? That's the first thing we can do. Develop relationships. Second thing is this. If people matter to God, and if every human being has inherent value, I have to ask myself this question. Am I treating others according to their value? Am I treating others according to their value? I broke out an old book from seminary yesterday. And this book has got essays from different people, and most of the essays I just skimmed through in seminary, but I decided to go back to. And I dug really in a lot of deep stuff, and you're getting into Hebrew. But this person had one profound statement in talking about Genesis chapter 1 and Psalm 8. The person said this, In addition to bestowing great value on us, God commands us to acknowledge the value He graciously gives to each other person. In addition to bestowing great value on us, God commands us to acknowledge the value He graciously gives to each other person. If we're going to acknowledge the value that every human being has, there's something that goes along with that. We've got to acknowledge that value in how I treat them. There's a lot of commands in the Bible. And sometimes God's law just gets stomped down. Because we, ah, who likes rules? For the most part, no one likes rules. Maybe we've missed the whole point of God's rules. That God's rules are not meant to stymie us. God's rules are not meant to kill joy in our life. But God's rules are actually given to reveal to us how we can value other people. Have you noticed that almost all of God's law deals with how we treat other people? God's just revealing to us how we can value His creation. Because when we're breaking God's law, what are we doing? We're devaluing God's people, His creation. Now, here's where it gets really difficult. If every human being has inherent worth and value, guess what? They do not determine their value by their behavior or their belief system. Someone can have a completely different belief system than what is revealed in here, and guess what? They still have value. You don't lose that value by believing something different. You don't lose that value by behaving in a way that contradicts your value. You have that value no matter what. That's a challenge for all of us, and I know for me personally especially. Because I look around the world right now, and I see people who believe stuff completely different than I do and teach stuff completely different than I do and are doing things that I think are ruining a nation, killing people all around the world. But guess what? They're still created in God's image. I don't treat them nicely because of what they do or what they believe. I treat them nicely because of who created them. God. Is my treatment of others revealing the value that others have? People are precious to God. And if people are precious to God, we have a responsibility to build relationships and to also examine how we treat others to reveal their value. It seems so simple. I mean, this almost seems like a preschool class. Okay, everybody, get together. God loves you all. Now love each other. Okay, right? I mean, pretty simple and straightforward, but 
in reality. Think of the depth of that. That God loves you all because He created you all. And now God wants us to love all because God created all. It seems so simple, but the reality is this. We share one other thing in common. Along with sharing that we are created in God's image, the other thing we share with all of humanity is this. All of us have marred God's image. All of us have fallen short of God's glory. God gave humanity glory, and what humanity has done is trampled on that glory. Every human being has fallen short of God's glory. The reason it's so complicated is because of the sin that has entered the world. But the way in which God has chosen to deal with the problem reveals the preciousness of God's people. The preciousness of God's people is seen in God's solution. God's solution is Jesus Christ. And so God sends Jesus Christ to live the perfect life on our behalf. And then it says in the Bible about this Jesus that he so loved the world that he gave his life. The activity of God in response to the inactivity of humanity reveals the preciousness of people. Today, every human being is created in the image of God. At the exact same time, every human being has marred the image of God. So today, we remember and we celebrate that because of the work of Jesus Christ, we can be returned to the image of God. That relationship with God can be restored. Our relationship with the Creator changes because of Jesus. Every human being has a relationship with the Creator because of He's the Creator. But also, every human being now has an opportunity for a special relationship with the Creator because of the work of Jesus Christ. And this morning, I thought we should take a moment and remember who we belong to. We belong to to God. But because of the work of Jesus Christ, this belonging takes on a whole new life. This belonging is now, God is now our Father. And so who are we? We are the children of God. This last week, my daughter was at a singing camp and learned a new song that I thought we should sing together this morning as a simple reminder of who we belong to. So I'm going to ask Paul to come forward and my daughter come forward and they're going to sing a song for us this morning, lead for us, sing a chorus and then a verse, and then after they sing the chorus and the verse, going to ask that all of us would join in. The focus is the message of the song this morning and who we belong to.